Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. Bryant to Shaq. Not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life. And he's going to go. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys NBA Podcast. It's another duo pod with myself and Callum. How you doing, mate? Yeah, dude, pretty good, man. We had our fantasy draft, so it's an exciting time of the year. Um, all of our listeners out there, I'm sure, would be in a similar scenario as us. So, um, yeah, how are you going? Yeah, mate, very good. There's, um, yeah, the fantasy drafts are happening. Like, there's only two weeks left until the NBA season starts, which is pretty mind-blowing to think about. I feel like we've just slammed home in this this stretch to get to the season starting um but everything's gone by pretty quick so yeah a lot's happening that's it dude i've got um, that game penciled in uh like brooklyn nets versus golden state warriors on opening night so yeah yeah the, the, the grudge match kd versus, versus the warriors <laughs> <laughs> see how it goes um so like like you mentioned off the top uh we had our fantasy draft on the weekend just gone um, to give the listeners a bit of an idea of what the draft is like, it was a 10-team, nine-category head-to-head league. Um, and because of COVID this year, we decided to expand the rosters a little bit more. So we actually had a 16-person, um, a 16-team uh, league. I'm oh, sorry, 16 players per team, basically, um, with two uh, IR spots just to give ourselves enough buffer room for all the, the missed games that we're expecting from COVID. Um, so the team, the, the league went 160 players deep for 10 teams. So um, we're going to break down our teams in a second, uh, but just do your general thoughts on how you thought you went on the, on the draft. Obviously it's a, it's a stressful day and <laughs> shit happens. So yeah. how do you think you, you pulled up? Yeah, that's it. Um, I feel like I did okay in, in the end. It's one of those things that obviously we have a two minute, um, shot clock in terms of when we can pick up players so when there's 10 people it means um, obviously you have a little bit less time um, when it does come back around to you I was the 8th pick in my draft um, which isn't the best spot to be it's okay um, I feel like generally if you have that 8th pick you're, you're pretty much getting Jokic 9 times out of 10 um, but we can yeah. get into my team later but I feel like I did okay it, it gets to a point where I, I kind of hit when I hit on my 3rd pick I, I knew what I was punting and then from that point I could kind of yeah. move on and, and keep going because once I did that third pick and it um, it kind of moved away from me a bit I, I could yeah. be pretty confident and, and knew a, a way forward if that makes sense so I was kind of trying to make it up on the spot but it, the, the pathway was pretty fine for me and, and I do feel like I've made a pretty reasonable team so we'll see how we go what, what about yourself? Yeah, look, it was um, look, I, I I got a bit fancy before the draft. We we mentioned our last pod that <laughs> we we got to pick uh, our spots and where we wanted to draft, and I actually had the fourth opportunity to select where I wanted. And um, I told I told everyone on the pod that that I wanted to go at number three, and look, I would still recommend that, <laughs> but um, I, I wanted to have a bit of fun with 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 our league, and and I want to pick ten this year. Um, for what I had two main reasons. One reason is that I'm a Celtics fan. And um, I think this is going to be the year that Jason Tatum solidifies himself as a MVP caliber, sort of all NBA level talent. Um, and in the fantasy circles, a potential top 10 player. So 
I was excited to get Jason Tatum on my fantasy team and never had him on my fantasy team before, so was excited to get that happening. We'll talk about that in a second. And the second reason was I didn't love the second round prospects, really, and I wanted to avoid basically all those um, picks. So I wanted at least the first opportunity to select from that second round because there wasn't many options that I liked. Um, so I guess um, we're going to go into our regrettable decisions later on, but I guess... My, my biggest regret is, is going with that pick 10. It's a, it's a tough spot to draft from. Um, obviously, you're waiting a long time between picks, but I think, I think but given the position I was drafting from, I did all right. And my, my team, I got, I got a few players that I like that hopefully can put together good seasons. So um, if you're following along on YouTube, we're probably just going to pop up our teams, um, or the draft basically, on screen now. So you can, you can follow along and, and check out all the picks from there. Um, we'll discuss mostly our teams and then a few sort of highlighted picks uh, from the draft. So I'll, I'll throw it back over to you, Cal. Uh, what was your, let's start with like just your favorite picks in, in the draft and, and where you felt like you got the most value. Um, well, m- maybe I'll break down what my team is first. Um, so yeah, okay. I had that eighth pick, and and I ended up picking up Nikola Jokic. Um, I, I feel like he's not the most um, popular pick as of late. So he's projected at yeah. seven. He's genuinely falling to the eight. So um, you look at the average Yahoo selection. Um, even though it's ranking seven, he's being he's being selected at that eight spot. You know, more more times than not. So I picked him up. Yep. Um, at that point. I realized, because um, going into it, I didn't really know who I could get. I felt like it, it was going to be Jokic or Dane. Um, maybe a yeah, right. or, a, or a cat could fall to me, but I wasn't too sure. I was actually even considering Jason Tatum as well. Um, but I thought, really? no, you know, I'll, I'll just get whoever falls to me, I'll, I'll take him. Because I feel like the top eight yep. are pretty solid. So I got Jokic. And then from that point onwards, I knew that I was either going to punt three-pointers or points or blocks or a combination of those three things, just from getting yeah. Jokic. And it all mattered, yeah. depending on my second, third, and fourth pick. Um, so, and, and, and obviously, moving forward, I stuck to it. And um, um, we can talk through my, my team a bit more, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's 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 dive into maybe like your first two picks a bit deeper. You got Paul George um, coming back to you in the second round. Uh, what would that be at pick... What was that pick 12 basically yeah. so uh, some would say that maybe a little high on Paul George but personally I, I like it I think I think it matches up pretty good with with Jokic um, what were your thought process in, in getting Paul George there so uh, it was yeah once again whoever kind of failed to me so the two picks before that was um, LeBron and Kawhi went yep. uh, just at 11 12 and I'm being picked up at the 13 spot for Paul George um, yep. and, and my understanding was like you know what I think he's going to have a comeback season last season he was a bit injured anyway he had the shoulders yeah. he wasn't 100% healthy um, because of all these back to backs we know that Kawhi will rest games so I think if he's 100% healthy um, his fantasy stock should be a bit higher just because he will be that number one option for say 20% of the games or something so when you take that yeah. aspect in, he's elite in threes he's elite in steals um, I think his points should definitely go up this season um, so I, I, he's always been kind of like that around the 12th, you know, best player previously. I think with Kawhi out, it only means he can, he, he should maintain that is kind of like what I was thinking. Yeah. And, and when I selected him, I knew, okay, well, I can't punt threes anymore. He's elite there. Um, and then from that point onwards, I realized like I'm going to have to punt obviously the points. Oh, sorry, not points either. It would be, um, uh, blocks was kind of like my lock yeah. in solution. So yeah. like, with Paul George, I'm getting a lot of points and a lot of, um, threes. So I'm going to scrap blocks let's move forward let's try and get some good picks moving on there afterwards 
Um, but yeah. look, if that doesn't work, maybe I could I could have gone for a balanced team. So it all depends on what I picked up in my third pick as well. Um, yeah. In terms of like, well, I had a I had heaps of options. I could have taken Devin Booker, KD, Joel Embiid, Kyrie, Ben Simmons. Um, th- those are all on yeah. the board for me. But I just kind of decided that I think Paul George he's got a pretty good ceiling um, this season. He's healthy. He's ready to go. Well, one thing I'll point out for Paul George, which I think is the biggest um, upside for him, is, is the fact that he played less than 30 minutes a game last year. Um, you mentioned before that he was coming off an off-season where he had, um, I think he had dual, was it dual shoulder yeah, surgery? Yeah, both both shoulders surgery in the off season, so they eased him back into it. So I think he actually missed the start of the season yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he he was um, slow to ramp up, so his minutes um, at the start of the season don't reflect his output at the end of the season. And I know we all have a bit of a bad taste of the playoffs in our mouth and, and the letdown that was the Clippers, but throughout the season, especially towards the end, he was putting up some big numbers and. Um, um, if his minutes were closer to that 34, 35 minute range, he could easily be first round sort of value um, and was selected sort of towards that early in drafts last year before the shoulder surgery news sort of bumped him back down. But um, I think it's a great selection there. Um, I think he's he's fine in that range. Um, and obviously you've avoided some players like Kevin Durant, Embiid, Kyrie Irving, who all have um, some injury risks and, and potential risks for resting back-to-backs were you purposely avoiding those players yeah i was um i know that nikola Jokic as my my core piece is being pretty sustainable but i still just i just don't really like taking the dice on people i'd rather there's a team that can play yeah. that i'm more confident in obviously you never know what's gonna happen but uh, yeah i'm more confident in paul george than a lot of those players that you mentioned yeah okay um speaking of players that that are at risk of wrestling back-to-backs i'll start i'll go through my first two picks so obviously my goal was jason tatum in the beginning being the homer that i am i wanted him what happened yeah well funny you should mention that um there's this guy in our draft called sam and he he decided to take upon himself look it was no secret when i picked pick 10 that everyone knew what i was trying to do but i thought that you guys would all realize that there's a clear top nine and um and that, you know, the, the first nine would go as they were. I would select Tatum at, at number 10 and then back it up with another pick. But unfortunately, I got snaked right before me and our friend Sam took Jason Tatum out of my reach. Um, but look, that's okay because like I said, I had a clear top nine. Uh, I had, had um, Trey Young at number nine there. So I collected him in at the 10th pick and I was pretty happy with that. You know, someone who's elite in assists, uh, threes, points, free throw percentage. So four huge categories that, that can give me a big boom. Um, and I followed that up with Kawhi Leonard. Okay. So obviously Kawhi is a bit of a risk there, but on a per game average, he was the, I think he was like the third or fourth ranked player last year. Um, so we know he puts up points and my, my reasoning was this, we have 16, a 16-man 16 roster this year, but our starting rosters are, are still 10, so no bigger than normal on the starting rosters. We just have deeper benches. So my, my reasoning is that I'm going to be able to have more players available on those higher-volume days if Kawhi rests, so I'll have someone else that I can plug in to play. And secondly, with COVID, it's so hard to predict. You know, Who's to say that a game he rests, he might also have coronavirus or other players have coronavirus. I think a lot of players are going to be missing, missing a lot of games. Um, and when I compare him to like a KD or a LeBron, I think his risk of injury outside of the resting is lower and his fantasy upside is higher. So that was my selection there. And I think the, the pairing of him and Trey works pretty nicely, um, leaving me with an obvious sort of punt blocks build uh, from there and, and potentially a punt field goal percentage if I didn't get a big in my third round. So... 
that was my reasoning there. Look, devastated that I didn't get my boy Tatum. But um, I think fantasy-wise, I think I came out on top with that Trey Young uh, fall to me. Yeah, look, fair enough. Um, so, so your eyes were set on... Obviously, you made those two picks. You said a pun yeah. block or a pun um, field goal. Look, I was, I was, once I made those two selections, um, I was, I was pretty keen on punting the field goal p- category. I, I don't, I don't necessarily like to have great percentages. Um, I like to either punt one of the percentages because, like we've said before, some weeks you might have a great shooting week and, and you win that percentage category anyway. Um, so I was pretty keen on that. Depending on who came back to me, I was. I was tossing out. We'll go to our, our third and fourth round pick. One of our busts actually fell to me um, at John Collins, and I, I strongly considered taking him as one of those picks to to bounce back in blocks. Uh, because, but in saying that, I think that his block numbers could regress this year. So I decided to just completely forgo the category altogether, and I and I picked up a. Toronto duo in Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. So that solidified me in a heavy, heavy punt of field goal percentage and blocks and a little bit of a soft punt in rebounds as well. But I, I, I did get some rebounds later in the draft. Yeah. And then just to be clear, so John Collins in our draft fell all the way to 32. Yeah, uh, so he pick. did. So, yeah, so and I'm not they obviously listened. No, I think that's a, I think that's the right spot for him to go. Like I think, um, you know, I considered him at thirty and thirty one, but ended up passing. And I think he's fine at thirty two. There, um, there's still some value, um, and, and the risk is is acceptable there. Not at, not at thirteen. And Yahoo's changed that, by the way. They they've moved him back on the rankings. So it's good to good to see that they listen to the podcast. Yeah, they must be fans. <laughs> All right. Well, well, let's go on to like uh, your favorite picks moving forward. Who is who? Who do you think you got a um, good value in the draft? Um, I think I think what really solidified my my punt blocks team was just that third pick. So my third pick, I yeah. got Vucevic. So I got the yep. two bigs. That can um, get some points, get um, assists as well, which may be a bit easier on like what, where I'm building with my um, my point guards. Um, and then obviously I've got two centers that don't block the ball at all. They can't really leave the ground. Yeah. So after that, yeah. like, you know, like sweet. <laughs> um, after that, I got Jamal Murray, who I'm a big fan of. I sometimes he's a yep. sleeper this year. I'm not going to be surprised yep. at all if he puts up 25, 5, and 5 um, with really good threes. Um, I'm looking for. I hope that happens. <laughs> I, I mean, I reached out. He, I, he's my 30, 33 is where I uh, am yeah. selecting. I think that's, that's a good spot to I, get him. I've invested yeah. in him, but I really hope it does pay out. I think the, the ceiling's there. My next pick was um, another big in DeMontis Sabonis. So I got DeMontis at... I think that was a good selection there. 48 is where I got yeah. DeMontis. And, and such a good yeah. pick for my build. That's why I, yeah. I, I loved taking him at that spot. So, so I, I notice I notice a bit of a theme of your team, and if you guys look at Callum's team, there, all of his centers seem to be able to get a, a fair few assists and and threes. So, um, were you purposely targeting those type of centers? No, it just kind of happened. I was like, these centers can't block the ball. It, I think it's just a coincidence that centers yeah. who can't block generally can pass. So they're, they're not super yeah. athletic, but they're just good passes, fundamentals. Um, uh, you might have noticed in our league, Mitch, that I've actually changed my team name to Big Men Can Pass. That's my team. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, big men can pass. Yeah. They can do it. Big, they can. They can pass, um, especially your big men. So <laughs> I think, like, you know, if we re- re- read these names out, Jokic, Vucevic, Sabonis, Al Horford, uh, even Mason Plumley down down the end there uh, are all guys that can get multiple assists per game. So uh, that may strengthen the, the lack of assists that you've got from your guards in, in Jamal Murray and um, 
you know, I expect Malcolm Brogdon to maybe dip in assists a bit this year with Old Depot back in. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's that's a strong uh, a strength of your team um, moving forward there. Um, if I if I point out one of your picks there. Um, this was the panic pick. The, uh, the the shot clock came down. You may see a name, Tyler Hero, who was who was on our bus list, and but he he's on your team there, Cal. Uh, can you tell us what happened there? Look, he was ranked. I think it was in the sixties. He was ranked about sixty six yeah. in Yahoo. So he was a clear yeah. bust at that pick. I, I don't advise yeah. anyone to pick him that high. Um, yeah. But the, the clock was winding down. Um, what, what pick did I? I got him at uh, about. I think it's ninety three. Yeah, yeah, it looks like ninety three. Yeah. Pick. So the clock was winding down to me. I actually wanted to select someone else and yeah. I said his name and people were like, oh, dude, that man, he's been selected already. So, you know, that's on me. <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that's on me. I wasn't paying attention. Um, and, and sometimes that, look, sometimes that happens. And uh, there was yeah. like 10 seconds left and I was like, who's auto? Who's, who's auto? It happened to be Tyler Hero. And I just kind of put yeah. my hands up and I was like, you know what? I'm a Heat fan. I'll, I'll take it. Maybe it's fate. <laughs> I'll take Tyler Hero on my team. Let's go. <laughs> well, well there's, there's a lesson for everyone out there is be, be aware of the clock, number one know who's already been selected number two <laughs> and, and be aware of like have backup options in, in that circumstance look look at that spot what is it what did we say 93 92. Tyler Hero is not, not not a huge bust there he could easily be a top 100 player so it's not horrible um, and as you said you're a Heat fan so that's you'll it. have fun watching him but he's, he's not going to blocks either no that's right yeah he fits your build yeah it's not like you picked up Mitchell Robinson um, <laughs> so yeah I just thought that was funny that, that we talked about him on our bus show and yet he's on your team so um, okay I'll, I'll go on to my team now look one of my favorite picks that I got was um, I'll highlight, highlight a couple well actually one player that I think will be risky who I selected pretty high and we spoke about this on our sleeper pod and basically picking on the turn um having to to reach a little bit so obviously i've got 20 selections between my my picks basically so at pick 51 i've selected michael porter jr who now with yahoo's updated rankings has moved right up into i think he's 57th now on on yahoo used to be outside the top 90 um so at the time it was a it was a bit of a reach um but i i really like the idea and the what, what Michael Porter Jr. can do this season and the opportunity ahead of him. Um, do you think it was a bit high for me to take him at 51? Um, it, could, it could have been... I'm not going to knock it. I mean, look, it's a, it's a sixth-round pick. Um, I'm not going to knock it. It's It could have been one or two rounds early. But at, at, at the same point in time, sometimes if you really want a player, you just got to go and get him. Um, yeah. Maybe a good example of that as well in the draft was um, Gordon Hayward. He was picked early in the, in the fifth round. Um and, and that's just because there's so much high side there. Even yeah, 52, rank, yeah. Um, you know, just because his rank is obviously not where it should be. Um, if you think he's yeah. going to do well, get, get your player who you want to get. So I'm not going to hate it. Yeah. Yeah, pick 42, Gordon Hay was taken there, um, which, you know, it's probably be, I'd say, about where he's going to be valued this season. So probably not getting as much value there. But if you're big on him, then it's it's not a bad pick by any means. Uh, I'll, um, say the, I'll say the players who came after Michael Porter Jr., if I'm reading this right, I think I am. Yeah. You got um Ja Moran was the pick after Malcolm Brogdon, yep. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. Did you consider any of those guys? Yeah, so my well, so again, on the turn I'm selecting back to back there. My other pick pair with Michael Porter Jr. was Lonzo Ball. And uh, so I was looking for a guard, looking to solidify some more assists, more threes and steals. Um, and so I definitely considered I considered both Ja Morant and Marcus Smart at that pick. Um 
I probably discounted Ja Morant first because even though he's a high point scorer and he gets good assists, he's young and exciting. He doesn't get off of the threes and steals. Um, and, and even his free throw percentage is, is a bit shaky as well um, compared to, uh, say, someone like Marcus Smart. And Lonzo Ball, I know his free throw percentage sucks, but he literally shoots one a game, so it's inconsequential. Um, and then again, it was Marcus Smart and Lonzo Ball. And the Celtic fan in me wanted to be select Marcus Smart, but um, I just feel like Lonzo Ball's upside is a bit higher with Drew Holiday gone. Um, I wanted his rebounding. I didn't want to completely just shut out rebounds from my team, so I wanted some guards that can get me some rebounds. Um, he'll hit. He'll hit more threes, get some more assists, um, and negligibly, but slightly more blocks as well. So um, those were the two players that I, I did consider very strongly um, and just in the end edged out with um, Lonzo Ball, So, which, um, which I'm grateful for because it led me to getting both of the Ball brothers, and now my team can be called the Ball Boys. So um, <laughs> perfect team name. <laughs> I'm pretty happy with that. I do, I do like the team name. I'll admit that. Um... <laughs> I'll touch on, as you said, yeah, look, your first five picks aren't really bigs. It depends on if you want to put Michael Porter Jr. in that in that category. So, or Pascal Siakam. Um, yeah, like, you know, he's not a center. You know, he's not, he's not going to pump no. the balls. He's not getting your 10 rebounds no. a game. So, it no. was until your seventh pick, you picked up Wendell Carter. And the eighth pick, you picked up Jaron Jackson Jr. Well, what was your mind state there? Why did you not just decide, you know what, maybe I'll, maybe I'll punt rebounds and just keep going with what I'm going? Well... Look, I, I in the past, our drafts and our leagues have been... It's been a very heavy punt league, and every team in our league likes to punt. And sometimes we can even get teams that are punting three or four categories at once. So I want to be strong in more than just five categories in case I come up against those teams who are um, heavy punting and, and just going for five categories so that I can beat them in the categories that I'm not really focusing too heavily on. Um, so rebounds for me was one of those categories and I was able to get, you know, they're not centers, but Kawhi Leonard gets seven rebounds a game. Pascal Siakam will get seven rebounds. Lonzo Ball, seven rebounds a game. I'm expecting Porter to get over eight rebounds a game. So whilst they're not centers, they're still decent rebounders for their position. Um, and basically also no other centers really that I thought of value came to me. I was hoping Sabonis was going to come to me. Um, I would have loved Vucevic to get onto my team as a, as a punt blocks guy, but um, they didn't fall to me. Um, and I saw in my research that there was value in bigs later in the draft. So I just wanted to shore up those categories that I wanted to be really strong in. Threes, points. Points is extremely important in, in the, the early rounds of the draft. It, we know that the best scorers are the guys that come off the draft board first. So I wanted to make sure that he had lots of high scoring players. So um, outside of Lonzo Ball, I'm expecting all these players to average close to sort of 18 points a game plus. Um, so that was my, that was my focus there. Um, but yeah, ended up getting lots of centers. And the other thing is we only have in our league, we only have one center position on our on our roster. So having someone who's center eligible um, isn't a huge priority for me. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um, yeah, look, uh, I feel like the one glaring thing that looks at me when I look at my team now is um, it's the points. The points aren't really there. And it always, it's yeah. always tough when you have Nikola Jokic as your first pick to try and yeah. make up for it because everyone else in that first round is putting up 25 plus. Yeah, um, you know James Harden's putting up like thirty-four points, so yeah. it's it's pretty tough when when he's uh, you got a guy that's averaging about twenty. Um, yeah. So look, I got Paul George as my second pick to try and make up for it, but uh, overall my team the points it's not amazing. It's not it's not a, it's, yeah. it's a soft kind of punt. It's not a full punt because I still got yeah. players that put up 
I'm hoping Jamal can have a breakout season. Vucevic puts up 20. Demontis Sabonis, you know, 18. Um, I'm yeah. hoping Markel Fultz has a bit of a year. Um, and then in, in that late round, so in, my, in the 14th round, I actually ended up getting Harrison Barnes, who I just don't really like at all. But it's like, I just kind yeah. of decided, you know, I just you need, need those points. get me like 16 points yeah. a night. And then and in the it's, 14th round, that can be hard to get. Yeah, it's it's uh, the two the two categories that it's really hard to get late. Um, probably points is by far number one. Um, you just don't find. And if there's only few players that you can get later on, and even in our draft they seem to go a bit early because everyone was aware of that. You know, players like Colin Sexton, even like um, a Kobe White, Andrew Wiggins, those sort of players who are pretty empty elsewhere but put up lots of points. Um, they seem to go earlier in this draft than you otherwise would expect just based on the value of that category. And it's not a category that you see people punting a lot. Most people are trying to win that category. So, um, you know, sometimes by punting the category, you can get a good advantage because you're not trying to get those players. You can get value elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, it, it you're, I guess in your case, you're hoping Jamal Murray has a big year and, and steps up and gets to that 25 points a game. Um, and, and other players, like, who knows? Maybe Tyler Hero is your savior. Maybe he can get up to close to 20. That's it. <laughs> maybe he could be starting point guard. Like, who, who really there, knows? There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was saying, uh, I'm just like a hypothetical um, to someone else out there who, who does pick Nikola Jokic. What, what my, I was really tempted to um, take Jimmy Butler at my second pick. And the reason mm. I do that is because I've actually got a whole lot of options. Also, I love Jimmy Butler. Obviously, I'm a Heat fan myself. So that'd be yeah, sick. obviously. But um, <laughs> if I could have picked him up, at that point, I could be a punt points because he only puts up 20 as well. And then yeah. and then from that point, it'd be a clear punt points. And then I have the option of punting threes or blocks. And I could kind of... Yeah. Or I could do punnel three. Um, but if Jimmy's your second pick with Jokic. He's actually a good player to pair up them just because... There's three very, very clear punt strategies you can go down. Um, you can go down mm. one, two, or, or whatever. So I, I almost did that. Um, looking back of it, I actually would have liked to go down that avenue and see what, what my team would have ended up like. But you know, I, I'm still happy with where we are. I, I think it's a strong... It's a strong... Like, Paul George is a strong selection. And just because you're punting points doesn't mean you go for the player who averages the least amount of points. You can have a, a high point score if you're, point, if you're punting points. And you, nest, you probably will because all the best scorers are going to go early in a draft. That doesn't mean you reach for someone like a, like a Drummond or a Gobert or something like that just because they don't score as much. You can probably get them later. So, um, it's a difficult one to punt and sometimes can cause you to stuff up. So... Um, just be cautious of that. Just because you're punting points doesn't mean that you avoid players who score high because they're often really good in other categories. So well, just uh, a word I'll, of warning. I'll throw at you is um, hypothetically, yeah. let's say Jason Tatum did fall to you at the 10. Who did. would you have picked at the 11 spot? Um, if, if that was um, Assuming Trey was off the board? Yeah, correct. Trey's taken and then you would have picked yeah. Tatum at 10. Who's your 11? Uh, well, I was always set between... I was going to get two out of the three of Trey Young, Kawhi Leonard, or Jason Tatum. So if it was Jason Tatum and Kawhi, I would have got I would have got um, those two. Um, and, and Trey would have gone at nine. I then just would have been really trying to get a lot of assists on the next two rounds. I would have been trying to get two guards um, at that position instead of uh, Pascal Siakam, who I picked up... Um, instead of another guard. I, I maybe would have gone for someone like a uh, Chris Paul. I was hoping that Shea was going to fall to me as well, but unfortunately, Sam again sniped me. Um, I've, got, <laughs> I've got some high expectations on Shea this year and would be very comfortable drafting him in uh, in the 20s uh, pretty comfortably. So I was hoping he would fall to me and then I'd get a pairing of him and Van Vliet, but um, not to be. 
Uh, so I think the way it worked out with Trey Young with those high volume assists, I think it's a win really on the fantasy side of things. Um, so um, let's let's time to time to call out a few of our our colleagues um, over in our draft. Um, can any any picks that you think were just uh, outrageous and anything that you should think we should highlight, name and shame? I think we should. Um, the first yep. one that comes to mind, I've just got it in front of me now. It would have to be yeah. Probably Duncan Robinson. I think he was taken too high. He was picked 76. That's yep. too high for Duncan Robinson. I'm sorry, but yeah. he can only, he'll get you threes. Like he could average four threes a game. Um, yeah. And I guess the points do come along with that. He's probably going to average 15 points, but he's not going to give anything else, really. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess his field goal isn't too bad either, but it doesn't help you either. It's just a real average category for him. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I feel like that one's kind of screaming at me. Um, otherwise... Um, anyone who picked up Kevin Love, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, I think yeah. I'm not really a big fan of Rui Hachimura. He was picked up. No, was yeah. Late, though. Um, I just don't think he's a good yeah. fantasy player. He, he he only really gets you kind of points. Doesn't really get defensive stats a whole lot, and it's not very efficient either. So he's he's very much a Harrison Barnes um, kind of prodigy, um, in my opinion. Yeah. So um, otherwise, you had some players like um, Rajul Holmes might have gotten a little bit higher, but I'm not gonna ha- I'm not gonna hate on it. Um, yeah. One person who okay. got picked pretty high in terms of the rate, ratings was um, DeMar DeRozan. He got picked at Yes, very early. Six. So, what was that? Yeah, 37? 37? Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a pretty high pick. Um, but I'm, once again, like he brings so much value for certain teams that yeah. I, I, I can see him still having value at that pick. Yeah, yeah. If I if I look at that team, actually, what, one of my things I was going to name and shame was was on um, our friend Vidad's team. Um, one thing that I want to caution some listeners is is trying not to stack too many of your too much of your team from from one NBA team. And if I go through Vidad's team, he's got basically the the entire Mavericks roster on his team, <laughs> from Luca to Kristaps. Um, he's even got Josh Richardson, Tim Hardaway Jr. And um, he actually picked up Maxi Kleber when he moved um, Pozingas to the the wire, uh, which I like. I like that move, That's by great. the way. But um, but um, but just yeah, so many and and some some big names as well. Um, on your roster the reason I say that and, and I don't normally care and especially he got them at good value I think all those picks they're all fine but this year with, with COVID if one of those players gets coronavirus chances are there's an increased likelihood that they all get coronavirus so you might have you know in Vidad's case six players that are out of action because of you know they're all on the same team so um, I think that's a that's a good point and one that one of our, our league mates actually brought up that I didn't consider before um, that just to be aware of, um, don't necessarily completely ignore the value, but but early on in draft specifically, and, and in this situation when you're drafting five players from the same team, I think it's probably if you can avoid it, uh, a, a good thing to to avoid that. So, um, yeah, just thought that was pretty funny though. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good um, point though. It's worth um, definitely worth picking up. Yep. Do you reckon there was any any glaring picks that that screams out at you as, as a reach or? Um. The other, the other one I, I, I had my eye on was, um, yeah, that Rui Hachimura and, and the Marcus Gasol pick. I, I know it's pick, it's round thirteen, but Marcus Gasol's not going to play enough minutes. Like he's just not. Um, like he's he's a bench warmer. His his career is. This, I wouldn't surprise me. This is last year's oh, career. He, he could There's start, good, but he's only going to play like twenty minutes. Uh, if that there, there are good centers on this team like Anthony Davis is going to play some minutes at center they, they've got Montrez Harrell there um, I just I really don't see him putting up meaningful minutes so I think that's a bit of a waste of the pick you know 
you know, for example, I drafted uh, someone like Marvin Bagley later in the draft, who's got a much higher upside. You know, even even someone like a, a Jarrett Allen, or I know this person's next pick was Dante DiVincenzo. I would have much rather him over Marcus Um Look, I know it's late; it's it's a bit nitpicky, but I can see that that team basically dropping Marcus Ole a week into the season. Yeah. Um, well, um, and there's not much upside. Yeah. I'll, I'll um, maybe switch the topic, which could build into our, yep. our, our next segment. Um, yep. But let's talk about our last couple picks. So the 15th and 18th yes. round. Obviously, at this point, we're looking to just pretty much try and hit some homers. Uh, I feel like at this point, mm. you want to hit some home runs. Um, and people with upside um, that you, I guess you could see, or, or even just someone who's just for some reason full on that low, and you're like, you know, I'll just take this man. Like, he can yeah. give me value in my build. Um, yeah. So my, my 15th round player, I ended up getting Gary Harris. I was like, you know what? Um, what, what pick is this? It's going to be about 147 is the pick. Yes, and, and look, If he starts, he, he had a pretty unhealthy... He's had unhealthy seasons really the past couple of years. Yeah, he has. If he can stay healthy um, and if he can get his steals back up uh, in the playoffs and maybe give me a bit of hope, he was literally coming back from an injury and then entered the bubble, which um, doesn't really <laughs> give me a whole lot of hope there. But when I saw him play, he was the, the defense was there. He, he can get steals. He can get threes. I'm hoping that um, he can get some value. Like a, a few years ago, he was kind of like that top 50 player when he was getting minutes and playing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, look, yeah. I threw a flyer at him. Uh, there's some ceiling there. So That's that's a, that's exactly what you want to do at the end of the drafts. So I'll, I'll, I'll give um, an example of another a reason why you wouldn't want to do that um, in a second. But basically, well, there's two main things you want to be doing. You want to be getting uh, players who, if they hit, it hits big. And, you know, there might be positional battles or there might be a young rookie or a second-year player that could make a huge leap. Um, so th- that's the first option and probably the most popular. The second option is is you want to find a player who may be starting in, instead of a, an injured player and that may have short-term high value and, and will later fade off. So an example for that would be like a player that I selected at the end of the draft, which is Jeff Teague. Um, obviously not someone who I plan to keep around for the entire season, but early on in the draft, uh, sorry, early on in the season, um, he projects to start instead of Kemba Walker. So he's going to have some good value to start the season. And especially when I've already selected someone like a um, Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, if everything goes well, and if all my players that I picked hit, chances are they won't. But if they do, I then have an injured player that can come back and replace him. Um, and it's a sort of a seamless transition uh, from there. So that would be the only time that you wouldn't go for a fly if you know you had someone, um, you know, say, for example, like our uh, friend Vidad, he picked up Maxi Kleber. Um, perfect. He's going to be a starting center to start the season. Chris Alps comes back. You can then drop Maxi Kleber. And then you've got sort of uh, good value uh, for a late round pick. Uh, from there so those would be your two strategies at the end of the draft yeah yeah especially since um th- those late round picks that are the most likely ones you're going to have to drop and if you want to be successful yeah. in your league you need to be looking at the waiver wire and you'll be picking up players when they start to start shining because for all we know yeah. like there's definitely there's always is there's going to be some player who's probably ranked 500 who there's all these injuries maybe and he steps up and he ends, ends up averaging like 18 points a game. So yeah. you, you never know what's going to happen and you need to have your waiver wire open. So look, my last pick was um, Malik Beasley uh, from I liked the Timberwolves. It. And it's just kind of like, you know what? I understand that that whole kind of guard, um, shooting guard, small forward lineup is pretty packed at the Timberwolves. But he got paid a lot of money. And he did. Maybe he does start. And when he was starting for that last bit of um, last season... He was put up 20 points a game. So mm. that kind of potential, if he doesn't get the start, if he doesn't get the nod and um, they go with, like Anthony Edwards, 
then cool. I'm going to drop him and I'll pick some, up someone else. So. Yeah, I, I love it. It's someone I definitely considered like in my last pick. It was, it was him and obviously the two players that I did select. Uh, but I am a little bit worried about the suspension situation with him. Um, it's like if those other players that I did select weren't there, I probably would have gone him. Um, but yeah, the suspension situation and like you said, the crowded nature of the, the backcourt, but it could easily work out. Like he was putting up 20 points and three threes at the end of last season on the Timberwolves. So, uh, and like you said, they paid him $60 million to stick around. So that, that tells me that they want to play him and whether it's the two or the three, um, he should could get minutes um that's assuming that this legal situation isn't isn't too severe he doesn't set out too many games with the suspension um so let's let's get into it we're gonna i want to throw it over to you we're gonna break down um it can be our picks or any other picks but basically some flyer uh or deep sleepers is what we're calling them uh picks that you can get let's say after pick 120 um in a draft that have the potential of being good picks and and potentially may stay in your team and offer value for the rest of the season. So I I might kick it off first with with my guy that I selected second last or basically with my last pick because I had back-to-back with Chris Boucher uh, of the Toronto Raptors, my my third Raptor (laughs) on the team. Um, But this guy's per 36 minutes or even per 26 minute stats are actually insane. Um, And... Look, the Raptors, they got rid of their starting and backup center this year. So there's scope for this uh, for Chris to actually get in there and, and get some minutes. So um, I like the risk of taking him at the end of your drafts. He's ranked 132 on Yahoo. He actually used to be ranked um, outside the 200s. Um, but again, they've recently updated and brought him into um, the 130s. So be sure to look for him in your drafts. What are your th- thoughts on Boucher? Um, yeah, I think there's definitely some upside there. So it's a great pick of that round. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of people been talking about him. Um, I don't really think he's a great fit. At, I think he's a little bit small to play to center. But um, yeah, if you actually, I, I remember looking at some of his stats. He was on my kind of like uh, my um, kind of like you know players to watch um, last last season in fantasy because when when he did get minutes, he was putting up mm. stats. Um, One uh, so last year he played 13 minutes per game and put up a block a game. Yeah. So in 13 minutes, so his his per. 26. I said per 26. So again, he averaged 13 minutes last year. So even if he just doubles that, doesn't even get a full-time starters gig. But if he was to do that, he would put up numbers of um, 13, 9, and 2 blocks. Like those are, like that's almost that's almost top 50 value right there. And that's only in 26 minutes. So there's some really, really high upside there with Chris. Um, you look, and if it doesn't work, he doesn't get the minutes, then I just drop him. It's, it's not a big deal, but really high upside there. Yeah, yeah I think it was good uh, um, I, I guess I'll walk into one of my players. Um, yeah, I think he hit me with the in the 200 and something. But I did pick him up in the 13th round, so I actually reached super uh, hard for this dude. Um, yeah. Mason Plumley. I, I thought, yeah. you know what? I understand that that team does have about seven different centers in their team, which is probably why he's ranked so low. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I would but, say so. But I saw, look, there's a comment from the GM um, who's given me a bit of faith and saying that Mason Plumley essentially will be our starting center we're putting some confidence into him. So, and, and when he played starting center for the Trailblazers, he was one of those guys who put up, you know, 10, 8, um, with like three assists. Um, yeah. And then kind of like that one steal, close to one steal, close to one block. Um, I don't obviously don't care about blocks in my build, but um, getting a big that can also steal yeah. ball too can, can be helpful. So, yep. um, the points aren't there, but uh, I, I thought it's a bit of a fire, sure. If it doesn't work out, I'm, there's always someone in the wave wire. So, uh, he'll be my first pick as a deep sleeper. 
Yeah, I, I actually absolutely love this pick. Like on Yahoo, he is ranked two hundred. What is he ranked? Two hundred and twenty seventh. Like that is real deep, and that's even with their updated rankings. Um, I'll, I'll give you, read you some numbers in in twenty eight minutes um, in two thousand sixteen seventeen at Portland. He put up eleven eight and four with a steal, basically a steal and a block, shooting fifty three percent from the field. Like those are some serious numbers, and that's only in twenty eight minutes. So I could definitely see him getting close to twenty six. 28 minutes a night on this Detroit team um, so I love that pick I think it's a like even in round 13 when you got him um, I think it's a good selection um, and for him to be ranked 227th like like yeah how how do we think he's going to be that bad like there's like I would take him over a lot of players uh, a lot higher so I think he's a great deep sleeper pick he does hurt you a bit in the three throws which is worth mentioning but my team's pretty solid and I could absorb a bit of that and still be competitive yeah, yeah. Um, look, I don't assume he's going to take too many, but yeah, it is something that, that you do need to consider uh, if you are looking after that category. So that, that is a good point. Um, I'll, I'll throw it back. Someone that I didn't select and, and probably will, won't be considered a sleeper in, in our draft, but in terms of the rankings, um, at rank 128 is Alfred Payton. Um I don't know why he's ranked that low when he's clearly going to be the starting point guard for the Knicks and last year put up some solid numbers. I think he's going to do basically the exact same thing this year. Um, we mentioned before that points and assists are really hard to get after the first sort of 50 picks. Um, and so here's someone at the end of the draft that you can get that'll put up you know, close to five, six, potentially even seven assists a game. So obviously he has his downside, doesn't shoot any threes, doesn't score a lot, free throw percentage is a bit iffy, but um, those assists are extremely valuable late in draft. So um, definitely someone that I would be picking well before pick 128. Yeah, I, um, I think I picked him up, I think it was last season, um, shortly before it all ended. And... Um, I picked him up because he was literally putting up he put up like a triple double so if he got, I think someone got injured or something so he got the starting role yeah. and then I picked him up and he, he ended up putting up like like four triple doubles in the next like two weeks which is huge yeah. so like when this man gets minutes he, he is pretty good he gets assists and he's a guard that can rebound and someone screams out to me that like Tibbs is going to like this kid um, oh 100% Tibbs will love him he'll play him 35 minutes yeah, potentially so this kid play 35 minutes that is an absolute steal Oh, even in even in twenty seven and a half minutes last year, put up ten basically ten five and seven with a steal and a half per game. Like those are some really big numbers, and only two turnovers if you care about that. Um, obviously, low free throw percentage, but similar to someone like Lonzo, only put up one point nine attempts per game, so not that big of a hurdle to clear. Um, so yeah, I just there's, I can't see anything wrong with picking him outside. You know, if you pick him after pick a hundred, that's that's a great pick. Um, so shout out to Sam who got that 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 pick in our draft um, in the uh, what was it the twelfth round? Yeah, he got him at one hundred and twelve. That's where he was picked up. Yeah, so that's that's value there. I think I think that's really good value. Um, yeah, uh, what's another uh, deep sleeper, Cal? Another deep sleeper for me. Um, I'm going pretty deep. I'm going off the board. I'm going to kind of keep in my my watch list. We'll see how how the season yeah. starts off. But um, okay, I'll, I'll say Dwight Powell. Because oh. apparently he's coming back from injuries, he's healthy, he's at camp, and we know that Kristaps is going to be sitting out for a while. Um, I see yep. you're typing. I see you're interested. And maybe you're going to pick him up right now. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't well, know I, got you. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to see what his, I wanted to see what his injury was. His, I didn't. I thought it, he was out for a while. He, I think it was his Achilles. It was something real bad. It was really bad yeah. last season. But one sixty-eight. One sixty-eight. Yeah. Uh, with Kristaps out, it could be one of those guys who actually gives you pretty good. 
uh, value just to begin the season. If he does start, like, I, I don't know. Like we know it was a big off season in terms of obviously the, the shutdown as well. So if, if he can come back and play recent reasonable minutes, there's no reason why he shouldn't be picked up. I know he was on your team yeah. last year. He was, and I was a bit disappointed to be honest. I, I was expecting big things from Dwight Powell. He's he's one of those guys that he puts up a huge uh, field goal percentage um, and gets decent points and rebounds um, and can hit a three here and there. Um, but was a bit disappointing in terms of injury and fit next to them. Maxi Kleber and him obviously battled for that starting center position. Um, look, I, I, I don't love it. I mean, I'm not sure about his injury. I thought he was out for a good while. Well, yeah, his Achilles. Um, yeah, but it's been, it's been a while. He did it pretty early in the season. Yeah, I guess he did. It says here he's a full go at practice, so that's that's news to me. Exactly. Um, so maybe maybe that is something that I keep, would keep, keep an eye on. Keep so. on your wave wire because he could definitely come up. Yeah, put him in your watch list. That's it. Um, I, I don't mind it. Yeah, if, he, if he's firing and fit and healthy, um, and especially if he comes back before Chris Stapps, that's not a bad one. Um, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw one more name out there, um, and this guy I would have loved to get uh, on my team, and I thought I was because prior to our draft he was ranked in the 300s. I think it was 370. Um, that has since been uh, rectified by Yahoo, and he's come all the way into rank 158. But I still think he's value at that spot, and that's um, Darius Baisley of OKC. Um, OKC don't have many good players, Cal, um, <laughs> and. I think Darius Baisley is going to be the starting power forward on this team. Um, we saw small glimpses of him in the bubble, um, playing some high minutes. Um, so I feel as though of all the young guys, now you might think that you know, Lou Dort might be someone that you want to watch, but I feel like Darius Baisley's game is more suited to fantasy. Um, he's a good rebounder for his position. We'll get you some points, maybe get you some threes. Percentages will be okay. Um, so I really like him uh, from a role standpoint uh, on that Thunder team. Yeah, I totally agree. He actually, um, I remember watching that series, OKC versus Houston. So I did watch a few games, and I remember this thing mm. to myself, like, who who the fuck is this guy? Like, basically. Yeah. I, remember, I was like, why are they giving these, this, these minutes to this kid who, like, I've never even seen him or heard of him before. Um, yeah. but, but when you actually watch him, he was actually doing pretty good things out there. And he get the block, he get a steal, he get those kind of counting stats, he'd rebound. He was, he's a long dude. Yeah, he's and, a long uh, he guy, lanky dude. He over just in that series. Like, that series went to seven. And he honestly played a pretty good role in that series. So there's no reason why, now that they've shipped off all of their, their starters, why they can't just invest some stock in him. Yeah, oh, 100%. I think, like, and especially with, like, when he's playing alongside a center like Al Horford, who's never been, like, a massive rebounder, um, I could see him averaging close to, like, eight, nine rebounds a game um, and getting maybe, I don't know, your 14, 15 points per game um, and maybe some bits and pieces in the steals, uh, blocks, and, and, and three-pointers. So I, I really like him. Um, I thought that uh, I was going to get him being the fact that he was ranked outside the top 350 in our team uh, in, 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 on Yahoo, but our, our draft was was switched on and, and Chris picked him up in the, um, what was it, the second last round. Um, so I think that's a, that's a great selection there. 155. Is where he yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was hoping to get him with one of my last picks, but not to be. Um, hopefully he, <laughs> I don't know, hopefully he starts bad and Chris drops him and gets impatient and I'll pick him up. But I really like, I really like his, his um, outlook this season. Uh, 
Do you have anyone else that you wanted to mention as a, a deep sleeper? I'll mention another deep sleeper. Um, and speaking yep. of being a fan of him, I reckon I will maybe even try and pick him up because I need points. As I mentioned before, I need points. Oh, okay. This man is a bit of a Harrison Barnes, I only get points kind of player. But I've always yep. been a fan of um, Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker from Oh, Spurs. yeah, the Spurs. Um, yeah, okay. They, they started him in the bubble. They decided to go with four guards and that one center at Jakob Pertl. But that was because, I do admit, that um, LaMarcus Aldridge sat out of the bubble. So yep. if, if they do kind of still decide to just run with Jakob as a backup, LaMarcus at the five, there is a world in yep. which I can see Lonnie Walker actually starting. Um, well, I believe I believe the talk in the, the Spurs camp is that Aldridge will play a lot more at the five. Um, whether that means that, you know, DeRozan moves over to the four and then it's Lonnie Walker that gets the minutes or whether it's just a bit of a committee. Rudy Gay might get in there a bit more... Um, yeah, not not too sure on that that there, but I suppose he does have a good upside if he does get the minutes. Um, yeah, like I guess that's just he's, that's he's the question. Yeah, nine nine, so he's just yeah. in the two hundred. Yeah, so your last pick. Yeah, these guys on my watch list. If, if Malik Beasley doesn't end up getting minutes, you know, fucking me, I just get Lonnie Walker. Um, if he does, like, yeah. if he gets minutes, he's a guy I can see averaging like, you know, ju- it's just gonna be points. Uh, just to be clear, it might yeah. be threes as well, but it's pretty much just gonna be like a. I can best case scenario if he averages like 16 points a game, that'd be huge. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that that'd be his ceiling. And yeah, like you said, he might get like a steal a game and, and maybe a, a three and a half to two threes He'll a game. Get a highlight so. real dunk. If that was a category. <laughs> he gets some highlight. Yeah. That man is athletic. He's exciting. He's exciting. Um, I'm pretty excited by the the Spurs backcourt this year. Uh, one of my picks was Derek White, so uh, I think that they're going to be playing heavy minutes together. Um, which is why I'm, I'm less confident that Lonnie Walker will get minutes at like the, the two because I think that DeJounte and Derek White will play a lot of minutes um, together. So um, it's whether or not, yeah, it's whether or not, like you said, that like, I do believe Aldridge will play a lot of center. It's whether that DeRozan shifts over to the four, which is a possibility. They have done it before. Um, so definitely someone to take your last pick on or stash on your, your watch list and, and keep an eye on, on how that rotation goes. Um, cool. So um, that'll wrap it up for our sleeper chats. Um, we're getting close to the start of the season, Cal. Um, we're going to go into uh, in the in the future podcasts before the season starts. Just our picks on on some standings predictions, some awards predictions. So stay tuned to that. Do you have any? Do you have any hot takes off the top of your head for what you reckon is going to happen this season? Um, some hot takes. Um, oh, you put me in this spot a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. Maybe, maybe Golden State figure it out and, and they win the title. Who knows? Oh, maybe that's pretty hard. Is the best point guard of all time. No, <laughs> oh, that's not that hot. That yeah, not I did throw. I, yeah, I, th- I threw you under the bus a bit there, but I don't know. Maybe Jace, Jason Tatum for MVP. That, that could be. That he's, could be a hot take. We'll be in the discussion. I'll guarantee that hey. he'll be a top. I'm going to say top five um, in points in, in that MVP vote. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna put up stats. Um, uh, but if you if you want to keep following us, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We talk fantasy. We're gonna be talking a bit more just normal basketball soon. Once all the fantasy drafts are done, um, and if you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us a five star rating. Um, and until next time, we will catch you guys later. See ya.